Good morning. Sunday morning. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and rainy greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. It's our two-hour live program, a little bit later today than normal, but, you know, there were conflicts in scheduling, so we had to take care of those. But we are live now, and... Anybody who would like to, and if you're listening to this later on in the week, you can always catch us live over at Spreaker.com. Just go over there and you can join our chat where we'll answer your chat in real time. That's basically how we communicate with everybody. And you can also get this show and help support the program by going to Subscribestar.com forward slash WrongThinkRadio. And it's two ninety nine a month and uh, you'll be able to join our discord channel where a lot of our uh, crap talking happens and uh, that's pretty much where all the jokes and memes are Uh, so pretty active out there actually I highly encourage anybody who wants to to join that discord but you have to be a subscriber to do so so a lot of great folks out there a lot of uh, fun shared stuff that comes from it so highly encourage it you guys should get onto it Uh, that's enough sales uh, for today but it's Sunday it is the 15th, so we are halfway through a month now, and what a week to talk about. But of course, the news doesn't stop, right? You can prep everything that you want on a Friday, and uh, then there's more stuff. But before we dive into all the other BS, uh, Alan, how's your week been? So far, so good. Yeah? No, can't really complain. Anything Anything crazy going on? Have you had, uh, have you had any, any, any bum fights lately? <laughs> No bum fights. In fact, actually, the vast, I think almost all of the homeless within a few multiple block radius have all been shuffled away to God knows where. But they're all gone. They were they were forcibly removed. I hopefully at gunpoint. <laughs> Maybe they were even beaten just a little bit. Uh, but they're all gone. And everywhere that they had previously been setting up tents and things, uh, it was immediately covered by giant rocks and concrete barriers by local businesses so they couldn't move back in so that's always always pleasing interesting i wonder what encouraged that you know i think people have been complaining about it for a very long time and i think it is finally to the point where i would imagine the powers that be out here decided that you know we are sick and tired of the negative publicity this is bringing the neighborhood so we're gonna fix it yeah is there is is there an election for city leadership coming up (laughs) that's that was my first thought i i don't know for sure but it certainly wouldn't surprise me awesome well um of course the the big news item that i was talking about that kind of gets in the way of everything but um i'll 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 just give kind of a breakdown on this there was a uh there was a shooting now for those of you who don't know i've been out in the woods in a tent so it's part of the reason why we started late today so i don't have a ton of information um but this this was in new york in new york state correct yes okay so in yeah okay yeah that's right in buffalo new york there was a shooting in a supermarket 10 people were killed um 
this uh, it's interesting because this happened yesterday and obviously it's already hitting, um, you know, it's already hitting news sites and it's, you know, doing whatever. And so, so the normal thing is that, you know, oh, of course you, you have to, you have to comment on it. Well, um, I'll, I'll give you my comments and they're, they're going to sound, they're, they're not as angry as they may sound. Um, but here, here's the reality of it. Uh, we knew the shooters race immediately. So, uh, obviously you all can guess that, that this is, I get that it's a joke. It's a joke that everybody makes, which is, oh, well, we know the shooters race immediately. And the reason why people say that is because if the, if the shooter is white, you will know their race immediately. If they're not, um, it will take forever if it's mentioned at all. Yes, it's a joke that people make, but it's because it's true. And that is that is something that needs to, it, it needs to be stated because that is absolutely true. That's what happens. The media tries to hide the race of any non-white shooter. Additionally, um, I know that there's a lot of news sites obviously talking about this. I know that there's going to be probably panel discussions for the next God knows how long about every single aspect about this shooter. Except I'm going to play ignorant for a little bit for you. Um, I thought we didn't care about racially motivated attacks because uh, there's been several, there have been several racially motivated attacks by people who had racial, like racial identity ideologies, but we didn't care about those. But suddenly we care about this. Suddenly the media cares about this one. They didn't care about Waukesha. They didn't care about the Brooklyn shootings. They didn't care about a school shooting. Yes, a school shooting that was pulled off by a black teenager. And that that teenager was released on bail. Yeah. And at this, this isn't some conspiracy. I'm not trying to push any sort of conspiracy theory. I'm merely stating the facts that... It's only ever about race. The only thing the media cares about is race. They just want to use this to push more racial politics, but it's always in one direction. So I know I know that people are going to talk about this manifesto that existed, and they're going to say that he talked about the great replacement theory, and everyone's going to try to drive that narrative of, oh, anybody who talks about the great replacement theory... Um, you know, anybody who talks about that is is just like this mass shooter. This is obviously signs of a violent ideology. That's the dumb crap that comes out of the mainstream oppressive media. But the reality is there are absolutely racial issues going on in this country, and we are being pushed by the media and by politicians into a race war. Everything that occurred in Buffalo and everything that occurred in Waukesha, in Brooklyn and other places, this is entirely the fault of the media elite and it's entirely the fault of the political class because this is exactly how they make their money. This is exactly how they get attention. This is exactly how they get votes. Yeah. And... One of the things about, say, the manifesto, I, I perused through it because I was curious. It's on a lot of these things. I'm curious about motivate. Same with the New Zealand shooter. I read, looked through his manifesto just because I'm curious. In the manifesto, can I read anything that gives me a clue as to 
where did all of this come from? Or what does this person think? What were that, what have they been influenced by? And the one of the unfortunate elements is the great replacement is true. Like white birth rates are declining. White Amer whites are a global minority. White countries are almost all of them on track for whites to be a minority of the population. And that's what makes a, a value in this relatively difficult because you look at it and you go, well, a lot of this is kind of true. In this guy's manifesto, he's, he decries that a lot of the things that we talk about, things like, well, mass immigration is a tool to delegitimize the, uh, the white people in the country, to displace the voting base, to it's all organized by these groups of elites that have nothing but contempt for the average American in this guy's case. And a lot of it's like, well, yeah, it's true. Like a lot of this is true. And he talks about, well, there's these corporations and they're funding all this replacement because they want to have cheap labor. You're like, well, yeah, shoot. There's all, I mean, if you look at the Democrat Party and you think, well, all of you are acting in a way that totally legitimizes the concerns of people like this shooter. I, this is what makes it difficult to evaluate because. On one hand, you can look at this guy's manifesto, and honestly, it's the same as the New Zealand shooter, and go, well, he brings up a lot of good points about, about the intentional demolition of Western countries from within, which we all see is happening. But then the response to it, both with New Zealand and this gentleman, is, I'm just going to go shoot a bunch of random minorities. Yeah. And that's really strange and incongruous to me, because that I have had the same complaints that these mass shooters have had, which is relatively odd place to be but my response to it has always been wow the situation if i give an accurate read to it the last thing i would do is go just shoot a bunch of random people thus proving my enemies uh, giving them a massive gift mm -hmm. and so that's what's just very strange about this shooting and this sort of behavior is it seems like if you really believed what you write in your manifesto you would have had enough recognition of the current state of western countries to recognize that just killing a few random people is absolutely going to hurt the position that you're promoting rather than helping it in any way and that's just very strange so I, I, i'm not necessarily going to claim this is all a false flag or it's all a psyop it just there's very it's it's always strange to me that that's the conclusion you draw because that's totally the opposite of the conclusion the rest of us have drawn about looking at the exact same simulation, the slow demolition of our country through intentional internal subversion. Well, it, this is what's interesting is is what what you're um, <clears throat> what you're pointing out here is uh, obvi obviously obviously as as goes with most of these things, um, there are a lot of people that are screaming false flag. Uh, now, it, it, two years ago, we would say like, no, nah, I I don't I don't come on guys. Um, you know, you would be, you would be able to dismiss that, you know, or you could say like, look, there, there's nothing here that, that says it. That was before the FBI tried to kidnap a governor and then the FBI yeah. implanted, implanted a bunch of people into a protest and forced, like implanted people to specifically force a regular protest to then appear violent to television cameras so they could have an entire committee uh, to continue to oppress a political side and have political prisoners. I'm talking about January 6th, of course. I'm not saying that Buffalo was a false flag. I'm just saying we can't dismiss people who scream false flag when there have literally been false flags. 
when we literally watched yeah. the every person that was being charged for the Governor Whitmer kidnapping did not go to jail. Yeah. Two of them two of them were acquitted and two of them had hung juries specifically on the defense that the government tried to set this up. This was a government operation made by the feds. That was how these guys didn't go to jail. They convinced a jury of regular people whom the prosecution had a say in picking these jurors. So of course the prosecution is going to get people that they think are going to side with the government because that was who the prosecution was. And the prosecution couldn't even plead the case that these guys were dangerous for wanting to kidnap a governor because when the jurors heard all the evidence, they went, well, it looks a lot like the feds were trying to kidnap Governor Whitmer. Uh, exactly. And we've seen this with multiple other other plots where it's almost always like, oh, yeah, they're, they're known to the FBI. The FBI is, is recognized. They're known to the FBI. The FBI has been on a watch. They've been on a watch list for Years and years. I just think that's that's awfully strange, isn't it? Well, and how? Once again, this guy was known to law enforcement. Yeah. Yep that that yeah. came that came out this morning. He was known to law enforcement for over a year. So, uh, but of course, what's you know what's the New York Attorney General doing? Going through Donald Trump's taxes. That's what they're spending their time on. They, the reason why this guy was known to law enforcement was because he threatened to shoot up his school. And what did they do? Uh, they gave him mental health counseling. A lot of good that did. Yeah. But see, this is also what worries me, is when, when anything like this happens, and everyone says, oh, they gave him mental health counseling. Part of me wonders if, I mean, if you, if, do, do they just let these things happen so that when people go, we need something stronger than mental health counseling? Well, so, and, and here herein lies the other problem with this entire discussion, is this happened, and of course, the left is doing what the left does best, which is politicize the hell out of it to try to um, maintain power. It's a midterm year, everybody. You have to accept right. this. Uh, so they're politicizing this. Now, this is the same left and the same media that was completely silent on Waukesha and everything else. We all that I can beat that horse to death. Um, but what what's happening, of course, now? Oh, gosh. Well, just the amount of government regulations that we're going to need. So tragedies like this can never happen. We have to take your guns. I'm going to tell you guys one thing right now. I'll, I'll make it a prediction. Sure. Uh, well, not even a prediction. I'm just going to tell you right now. They're not going to try to take your guns right now. Uh, they're going to talk about it. Don't don't misunderstand me. They're going to talk endlessly about it, but there's going to be literally no action um, on guns, uh, at least at the federal level. And the reason why is it is a midterm year, and that is one of the least popular things that you can try to do because it will lionize the entire right wing. And that is not what they want to do. I will tell you, what they're going to try to do with this. And it's going to sound a little crazy. And Alan, we weren't able to prep the show because I was in the woods last night. So feel free to tell me if you think I'm insane. The one thing that the left wing is absolutely 100% going to focus the majority of their energy on following this shooting is they are going to try to cancel Tucker Carlson. I've seen 
I've seen all other things like that, and I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. What I'm seeing from the media right now is a coalescing around the message of Tucker Carlson talks about great replacement, and he's the reason this guy went and shot a bunch of people. Oh, they, they hate, they hate Tucker Carlson, but that's not actually why they're going to do it. They're going to use this to cancel Tucker Carlson, obviously because they want him canceled, duh, but they want a lot of stuff canceled. The reason why they're going to focus on that specifically is because there are Republicans that will help them. Mm. Because there are a bunch of people, like the group over at National Review and the Bill Crystals of the world, the Never Trumpers and all of these, the donor class in reality... Uh, the donor class of the early 2000s, the neoconservatives, they also want to get rid of Tucker Carlson because he is just killing the, the way it used to be. He's ruining everything by talking about how bad both sides are. By the way, for those of you who don't know, that's why Tucker Carlson's actually popular. Because he will call Lindsey Graham a piece of human trash on national TV, and that's why he is the most watched news program in the United States. Hmm. And so people like Lindsey Graham want to get rid of people like Tucker Carlson because he's ruining everything. Mitch McConnell would love to get rid of people like Tucker Carlson because then Mitch McConnell can continue to give $40 billion to Ukraine and everybody in the Republican Party will go, we need to give them this money, Ukraine, so strong, big war, me love war, me do war. Instead, you have these assholes on the right that are populists that, you know, care about, hey, can the United States government maybe care about their citizens? Yeah. What if we tried that on for size? That's really inconvenient for the people who donate money to the big GOP. Yeah. For, for example, Alan, I'll, I'll give one of the things you were talking about was the whole great replacement theory, which you covered it better than when most people talk about it, which is just the idea of you gave kind of the whole facts and analysis of it is like, yeah, it's the idea of a basically getting rid of Western sovereignty by having no no defined American culture or no defined you know British culture or what have you and, and cr kind of muddying the waters on what makes a country a country Um and one of the biggest reasons for it is, A, to have a more subservient um, lower class of citizens, a more subservient citizenry by bringing them in from countries that are used to dictatorships so they don't ask things like, hey, what happened to my freedom? Because they've never had it before. Um, but also, it's for cheap labor. Do you know who one of the biggest proponents for immigration is for cheap labor? No, who's that? The Koch brothers. And the Koch brothers are Republicans. Because remember, big corporations used to be almost exclusively Republican. And big corporations, one of the ways that they make profit is by cutting costs. And one of the ways you cut costs is by having a cheap workforce and suppressing yeah. wages. And the easiest way to do that is constantly have a lower class of citizens that will basically work for free. That then will drive wages down for actual citizens. So we're talking about illegal immigrants. Because understand this, this is not we're not talking about amnesty here. We are talking about an illegal immigration, there being a market of illegal immigrants that can come into this country and get paid next to nothing. 
And that actually creates competition for wages, which keeps wages static. Because there's now, you know, at some point, if you want your wage to go any higher, at some point, somebody will say, I will take the lower quality of a of an untrained or to be completely honest, somebody who maybe can't even speak the language of the customer base uh, being like an illegal immigrant. I will take their lower quality work for X um, if it means that I don't have to pay fifteen dollars an hour. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it drives down and costs. What we hear all the time is, well, you know, we need all these immigrants. Mm-hmm. We need I mean, the American economy can't function without mass immigration. <laughs> Which is, I seriously don't understand the logic. Well, well, well essentially, it, what mm-hmm. they, well, no, what, what, what they'll say because I mean, you you've seen these arguments before is if we did not have Mexicans, Im- illegal immigrants working for illegally low wages, we wouldn't be able to grow enough strawberries. Oh, no, not the strawberries. Think of the price of avocados without, if we didn't have mass immigration. Well, color me confused, because mm-hmm. what I'm still trying to figure out is, we have all these supply chain issues right now, right? We certainly do. Yeah. So, and I'm told by the left, and I'm not trying to be cheeky here. It's just, I'm told by the left that um, the reason for it is because of like Vladimir Putin and what's going on in Ukraine. Well, he's just such a big, bad man. I mean, true. Uh, He's worse. He's a big, bad man. um, You know, when before he was a good man that we needed to have a reset with. But that was Vladimir Putin, not Vladimir Putin. Um, Exactly. But we, we might get into that a little bit later. The the problem I have is this. I look around and I'm told that it's Russia's fault. I'm told it's because of the war in Ukraine. I'm told it's because of uh, Shanghai, COVID, like zero COVID. All uh, These are all the reasons why the grocery store shelves are bare. So what the hell's made in America? Because I'm what I have not heard is why... Stuff that's made in Oklahoma can't be in Virginia. That's a very good point. So explain to me what's called. I have heard zero explanation for why beef can't be on store shelves when I was pretty sure. Now, obviously, I understand, but I was pretty sure that we make a lot of beef in the United States. But that there there comes the reality a lot of the beef that you buy at the grocery store isn't. Yeah. We send a lot of food to third world countries and other countries, and then we import a lot of food. And this makes no sense for precisely the reason that you're seeing. Why the hell does Shanghai affect the food I get on my shelves when we grow a ton of corn, when we raise a bunch of beef, when we have all of this stuff going on? Let's not even get into what everyone's going to claim is a conspiracy theory, but the fact that our food production in the United States can't stop apparently burning down. Yeah, that's also weird. I don't really understand that. I'm not really sure where that's going. Yeah. I mean, we are getting, like, the whole mass shooting thing aside, we are getting to the point where I think it's justifiable to assume everything is a conspiracy now. 
because the government yeah. that's the problem especially post covid the government has absolutely lied to us <laughs> like they've a hundred percent lied to us you don't get to bitch about people being conspiracy theorists when you have a government that lies and when you have a media that lies you don't get to sit there and be angry and i see people on the right be like, well these these darn conspiracy theorists no you're the idiot in the room if you can't understand why people are conspiratorial after their government has lied to them after their media has gone along with the lie and then after the media turned around exposed the lie and then acted like they didn't lie to you yeah you don't get real strange I am more weirded out by people who don't think something can be a conspiracy than the other way around. Sure. Oh, certainly. Certainly. I I can understand. I mean, we did it a a few weeks ago on the program where we read, it was something like 15 in two months, like 15 food processors all had fires. That's insane. All right. So... It, it feels like something's going on. And if, if it, I mean, it, weird how this is all working. And it was after Joe Biden was like, oh, food shortages are going to be real. And everyone's like, but, but why though? But like, why would food shortages be real? I don't understand. Because you can't even say like, well, it's because of COVID. Dude, in the middle of COVID, it wasn't this bad. When people, when people themselves were locked in their own homes, it would have made sense. When we were all locked down. It doesn't make sense now. You can't no, even definitely not. You you can't even backtrack supply because like bread only lasts a few weeks, man. Like this right. stuff doesn't make any damn sense. And and so I'm going to parlay that into going into let, let's talk just a little bit about the baby formula. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is another insane. There's zero explanation. People have tried. To make an explanation, which is like, well, well, Abbott Laboratories had a thing, but that still doesn't make sense because Abbott Laboratories isn't responsible for all the baby formula. Uh, apparently, a big part is the U.S. FDA regulations on baby formula keep all a lot of other countries' baby formula out of the United States supply chain. It's like all like a lot of European brands mm-hmm. are not FDA approved because they don't meet certain regulations. Right. It's uh, labeling laws specifically is why European uh, baby formula is not allowed because of the way that they label mm-hmm. it. I just want you guys to know that sure. that there are babies that are starving in the United States uh, because of what they write on the label. Sure. Yeah. That's not a, not a great scenario well and the government's response to that is stop stop whining blame 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 abbott laboratories because F- the fda won't let you buy yeah. and, and by the way this is this is uh just just so you guys are aware this is almost exclusively a an american problem uh i did a search or some sorry i saw a thing where someone had done a search um, they changed their IP address to appear as if it was in Canada and they mm-hmm. searched on Amazon for baby formula and you were able to get it in two days. And if you changed your IP address back to the United States and you search for baby formula, it was three months. 
Interesting. Canada doesn't have an issue with baby formula. As far as I know, this is a United States specific issue. Now, some of that could, well, okay, not now. What that means is this has to be a government issue because it's not a supply issue. You're, you're able, you're able to get it in other countries. We are not hearing about other countries having this problem. So what is the one thing that would keep, what is the one difference between those countries and our country is our government, a regulation. Abbott Laboratories, I'm not, I'm not shilling for Abbott Laboratories, but I am telling you right now that it can't be their fault because how many companies would love to fill that gap? For those yeah. for those who don't know, there was a there were four infants that got sick and died, and they thought that it was connected to baby formula. An investigation happened. The FDA was even involved in the investigation. They did not find a connection between the baby formula and the infants that died. But the the uh, production facility in Sturgis, Michigan was shut down and as far as i know is still shut down now the question would be is that the only source of baby formula for the entire united states because if so that's alarming no there's there's several other companies that also make baby formula so this is now Hmm. you might be able to look at it and say well because this one laboratory did a big recall other people were buying other stuff and so it's created sort of a supply issue but that that doesn't really jive well. Right. Because why wouldn't people just up production? And, and by the way, like the only way you can believe this as it being, well, it's entirely this company's fault is if you also thought that a company didn't want to make more money. Sure. Like, would you prefer to make more money or less money? Because guess what's happening when you don't sell baby formula? less money yeah yeah you don't you don't make any money so i'm pretty sure that they're they're going to want to do that and these other facilities would absolutely want to up their production if they could to make up that gap because that's more money for them while their top competitor is basically limping right i mean make it make sense (laughs) the i don't know very strange the it's it, it's wild, and here's the recommendation that comes from the leadership at the White House. This is what Jen Psaki had to say when asked about the baby formula issue. Since you said it was a public health question, which agency should that question be directed to? Just the very practical, immediate question of if you can't find formula and you need it for your baby to eat... What should they be doing? Uh, we would certainly uh, encourage any parent who has concerns about their child's health or well-being to call their doctor or pediatrician. Yeah. Just how's that gonna help? It's not. Just, well, you know, just just call your doctor or pediatrician. Shut up. Stop whining. I'm actually surprised because the the way the Democrats were handling things like this, uh, you know, six months ago was they would first tell you that it wasn't actually a problem. And yeah, it's not actually a problem and that it's all a right wing conspiracy. 
Yeah. So. Weird. Let's see what we have here. Debbie says uh, she raises goats and follows goat things online. Uh, there's a steep uptick in interest in making baby formula with goat milk. Uh, it used to be it was only babies who weren't thriving on commercial baby formula. Yeah, so um, I've I've heard of, uh, obviously, there's several different reasons why people use goat's milk as a replacement. Sometimes you actually do see where, uh, you know, a, a baby might have a condition uh, where they will suggest things like goat's milk uh, as, as a replacement. But there's something going on and nobody's giving us a good reason for it. Now I'm glad to be fair, um, for a lot of reasons that people are now finding ways, you know, there, there's, there, there were, um, mixes that people found from like back in the 1950s where it was like, you take condensed milk and then you take caro, uh, caro oil and you mix it together. And that was what doctors did because there didn't used to be commercial formula. It used to just be like, okay, if you, for whatever reason, if you cannot breastfeed your kid, here's the thing that you can do. Yeah. You know, so, so there, there didn't used to be obviously baby formula. But it, there was a need for it because there's a lot of different reasons why you may have to formula feed a baby. Sometimes people use it in lieu of because you just can't produce enough. Sometimes people just absolutely can't. Sometimes babies can't latch. And you also have the issue of um, lactose intolerance and things like that. So there's a lot of different reasons why baby formula became a thing. But there was a market for it. But it actually hasn't been around that long. Now, some of that it, where it does suck is there are reasons why people use formula but they didn't used to have it so there are actually a lot of at home tricks and things that that people can do it's just as a society we became very reliant on commercial off-the-shelf things i'm definitely not um i'm I'm definitely not uh against the idea of people understanding how to make something at home vice buying it at a store. I always think that there's a far better solution. So I don't see this as a huge negative because there are obviously things that people have done in the past before commercial baby formula was, was an issue. So I don't, the reason why I'm saying this is I don't want to get into the emotion of children are going to die and starve because there isn't baby formula on the shelves. That's, that's not true. Probably shouldn't be giving, I don't a lot of baby formula that I've, this con- as this conversation develop- has developed, I've seen a lot of people talking about the ingredients in mm-hmm. mass manufactured baby formula, and I'm not really impressed. Yeah, certainly, certainly not. You know, and um, you know this this may I I don't know I, I I don't know nor do I care to get into like the numbers of like how many women actually need baby formula, vice how many women are choosing for a reason or not to to breastfeed. I don't know. I, I'm going to put it this way. I don't know very many women that would choose not to because, to be completely honest, it's one of the biggest suggestions that you hear when you have a kid is, do you want to lose baby weight? You should breastfeed if you absolutely can because it's one of the greatest ways to do so. Believe believe it or not, it's a great way to lose a lot of weight. Now, sometimes it, it can't happen. But the point that I'm trying to make here is commercial baby formula is a relatively new product. So I'm not going to get into the fear mongering of babies are going to starve and die. Now, does this highlight a lot of government stupidity? Yeah, 100%. There's absolutely a governmental reason why this is occurring. They're not going to take responsibility for it. They're blaming companies because that's what communists do. Um, and in addition to that, 
they are absolutely shipping truckloads of formula to the border. See, this is the thing. It's regardless of anything else about baby formula, the fact mm-hmm. that we have to have this problem in the United States is absolutely ridiculous. Yep. There's there's no reason why we shouldn't should be dependent on any foreign source or food just in general. Yeah. It should only be things that are a very specific item, but just food staples as a as anything we have to import seems like does not seem like a recipe for success. Well, you know, and it's really funny because um, a lot of conservatives get very uh, upset when you start having that conversation, right? Because the response that you get is, well, for companies to remain whatever, you know, competitive and to keep prices down, uh, you know, you shouldn't be asking people to make, what was the example? I heard Ben Shapiro rail about this in 2015 when, uh, when, when Trump was uh, talking about tariffs. This was when uh, Ben Shapiro was uh, anti-Trump before he was pro-Trump. But his example was, it's dumb it's dumb to have a company that can make t-shirts and laptops. The comp- that the American company should focus on making laptops and not focus on making t-shirts. They should outsource the t-shirt manufacturing because that's just that just makes sense. Except for like, you know, when it doesn't, which is well, right what, now. There, wh- why would we why don't we just have both? Yeah, like th- well that's the part that they never say is like, I don't understand why can't we have both? <laughs> like, yeah. Why the, is it uh, why is it mutually exclusive? Well, and it, that that's the whole thing is because what they don't want to do is have the discuss. I don't know the actual answer. Maybe there's a good one, but I doubt it. Um, I'm going to say that it's because what conservatives don't want to do is they don't want to have the actual discussion of what does it mean to have a free market. And when does that free market become, when when does the free market usurp the rights of the citizen? Sure. They don't want to have that discussion. But to be honest, it's okay for us to have that discussion. It's okay for us to say that corporations, just like a government, can be oppressive if they get too big. I don't understand why that's such a difficult, there's literally not, well, let me rephrase. I want to say there's literally nothing that would keep a company from being as oppressive as a government can be. But there is something. We just don't practice it, and it's called a free market. And that's why I, calling myself a conservative, don't take the same position as some of these other conservatives that are like that don't want to have that discussion about no, we should have fat textiles made in Bangladesh. I don't understand why that's so hard. And it's like, well, but we should be self-sufficient as a country. Well, I don't want to have to tell companies this, that, or the, the, the reality of it is, is we don't have a free market in the United States. That's part of the reason why this is so messed up. Yeah. The, the government picks winners and losers all the time, all the time. Conservatives don't want to talk about that. They want to act like it. They want to talk about tax policy and other bullshit, but the government picks winners and losers all the time. And that's what's happening right now. Your 
Grocery shelves are bare because the government has been picking winners and losers for decades. That's true. That's why. Well, and, and we've got, and it's, it's, it's the outsourcing of everything. It's, it's a whole litany of things. It's, it's globalism, as we are wont to say here. I mean, that, that, that's, but seriously, that, that is the problem. Is this idea that we only do part of some giant global market that, that not having things within the United States is nothing to worry about because we have, well, we have infinite shipping and shipping is so cheap. Why wouldn't we just make everything in China? It's so cheap. Unless, of course, your reliance on all that in-time shipping suddenly becomes a hindrance, mm-hmm. which it absolutely has. In, we, in really easy times, it's really easy, I think, to not to, to recognize the difficulties inherent in some of this stuff, to recognize how open to catastrophe it really leaves us if we're irresponsible. But now we see what happens, and that's good. It's good. To, it's good that we finally get to see it. And of course, I'm, of course, I'm talking about the massive supply chain disruptions that the huge chunk of the world is experiencing. All because we became complacent to this global marketplace of goods and services, and without recognizing how vulnerable it truly leaves us. Well, what's amazing is the part that a lot of people don't talk about is the enemies of the United States also saw all of this. So if before you were ringing the alarm bells and saying, hey, we we need to be more self-sufficient because if China ever wanted to, they could really screw us over— they now know exactly, I mean, point for point, how to do it. Just think about that. Right now, they at least have the excuse or the, the whatever of COVID. They can claim COVID. But yeah. if China wanted to, they could just say, well, we're not going to ship to the United States until they do X. And then all of a sudden, our grocery stores go bare, apparently, because that's apparently how this works, right? That's what we're told, you know, Shanghai and COVID zero, all this other crap. Okay, cool. So what you're saying is China and Russia could band together and just say, screw the United States and our grocery stores will go bare of supply. And what's our response going to be? Well, we're going to go to war with both of them. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So we will now have to capitulate to China and Russia. And they know exactly how to do it. They know exactly what to shut down. They're looking at it. Now, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's not true that China and Russia are involved. Maybe there's some other reason. Maybe it's the fact that Joe Biden has literally screwed everything up so bad that our country looks like Armageddon. Part of the supply chain crisis potentially is... I don't know, because like I said, I'm not getting a reasonable explanation. Nobody is telling me the truth. I'm hearing, well, COVID in China and Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which makes zero sense. Could it also be the fact that how many shipping companies have folded because they can't afford gas? It's got to be, the numbers have to be up there. I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there has to be something. How many companies that how many companies that made up these middle these middlemen in the market closed because of COVID? Uh, gotta be a lot. 
have, have you seen a reasonable it, explanation? It's, just, it's simply as, as far as what? As far as why, why are why are grocery store shelves bare? I'm not hearing anybody tell me a reason why that isn't some platitude about Russia and Ukraine or the China one isn't even popular. That was just me going, it's not Russia and Ukraine. That's stupid. What else could it be? Maybe China. I haven't seen people even saying that. I'm literally here. It's the Putin price hike, which makes freaking zero sense. It, it, it absolutely makes no sense at all. Uh, and I think that's, that is, that's it. It's, this is all a, a just the long-term ramifications of COVID. I think that's, that's the best, my best on it is, this is, this is all, they printed a million, a billion dollars, a million, billion dollars. It's wrecked the economy. It's wrecking lending. All the shutdowns. Are, I mean, this is just long-term ramifications, at least in my mind. This is the long-term ramifications of the COVID lockdowns and into all the COVID just nonsense. So they it, sir, so they have to create a lie on that one because they definitely don't want to be like, well, this was because of all that stuff we did over the flu. Pretty much, yeah. Hmm. There's, uh, well, and, and China apparently is having another big COVID lockdown and it's all this stuff together is, I think, really causing uh, causing these huge problems that we're seeing. I mean, the, the system was way more fragile than anybody expected. And suddenly it, it was pushed to the, break, to the breaking point because of COVID. And now we're living in the ruins of that civil of that scenario, trying to figure out what the heck we do next. But I mean, the, 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 the thing is, the shoe just hasn't dropped yet. That would be, we were in times were so good that we could <clears throat> just destroy the industrial base of the United States, wreck the entire economy, put everything on hold in ways that, I mean, people went out of business. Tons of people were tired. Incredible. I mean, it's hard to understate the disruption caused to the U.S. economic system by the COVID lockdowns, etc. And but times were so good and things were so robust that we could limp along this far without anything serious happening. And I think that's where we're just at is all the bills are coming due. And we're spending $40 billion in Ukraine. Exactly. And we're spending $40 billion in Ukraine because we definitely have the money for that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I feel like we're required, not legally, but damn near, we're required to have to point out that the current Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, happened to have been a board member at Raytheon and is still not divested from his Raytheon stock. Well, yeah, that's a thing. And they're they're making bank. Uh, So they're doing great. Raytheon's portfolio is doing great. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, you know, they lost all that Afghan money, so we had to start a war somewhere because, I mean, what do you expect me to shrink? Get out of here. (laughs) Certainly not. I would would never expect that. Not enough people are talking about that, man. It is infuriating how few people are talking about that, that fact of it. It's weird. It is really weird because it's so glaring. Yeah. Almost immediately after everybody pulled out of Afghanistan, we just suddenly found a war to get involved in. 
Yeah, it make it's it's real sketchy, to say the to say the very least. I mean, and and it's in the billions of dollars. Like we were spent. I mean, it's so much money. It's an insane amount of money that. I mean, like I saw a comparison that that was something like, oh, this is not like, this is compared with the amount of funding. It's like this is five border walls. Oh yeah. And it's just it's, it's ludicrous. Well, ne- oh, never, I- never give the Democrats a problem because they're just going to throw money at it. That's their solution to everything. Um, yeah, right. Well, and Republicans. Is, I, I think a lot of Democrats are well positioned to get very rich off of all these goings on in Ukraine. And I think that's exactly why it's happening. Well, certainly the big guy. 10% of $40 billion is a lot of money. And we always reserve 10% for the big guy. Yeah. And I don't yeah. I don't think that that was I don't think that that was God and tithing that Hunter Biden was talking about. I, I most certainly was not. <laughs> <laughs> so there was part of me like I tried to be a little bit judicious. I was like, well, what if what if Hunter Biden meant 10 percent for the big guy and he meant 10 percent tithe? That's a Catholic thing. They're a Catholic family. Well, for the big guy. I get it. I yeah. Get it. Okay. Yeah. You know, don't forget the 10 percent for the big guy being the tithe. It's not that. Yeah. I promise Fine. you it's not that. Fine. Of course. Because we would we would know about the Catholic Church that got millions of dollars from Hunter Biden. So it didn't it didn't go there. <laughs> you know. Right? Um the only thing that I think the Biden family left for church was a left for the Catholic Church was a uh, a pair of filthy slacks at the Vatican. Ew. I'm just yeah. saying. He might have there, there is a rumor, we can only say it's a rumor, that when at the Vatican, Joe Biden pooped his pants. I'm not joking. It's a real thing. Somebody within the embassy circle at, uh, at Rome said that there was a bathroom accident while Joe Biden was visiting Rome and visiting the Pope, which if I were the Pope... And I was meeting a world leader and he crapped his pants in front of me. I would be like, I believe Jesus just gave me a sign. Signs and portents. (laughs) 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 But it's so weird. Um, This administration is just so weird. Um, It is. Speaking speaking of the administration being weird, because I have no really good way to lead up to this, but this is Kamala Harris talking to late leaders at the, I don't actually know how to pronounce this. I want to say Asian, but it's A-S-E-A-N, A-Asian Summit. I don't know what it is. I keep seeing it show up and I've never looked it up because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so. uh, but. Uh, th- this is this is her. T- this is Kamala Harris just talking. I, I'm not going to lead into it. It's just here's Kamala Harris, uh, the person who will take over uh, as as leader of the United States of America if Joe Biden's dementia finally just boils over. Um, this is her talking, and that's all I'm going to say. Kamala Harris talking. Everyone, here you are. I often note and have talked with many of you. Okay, I guess that's going to happen. I can't even play a clip of her talking. It's so bad that the browser just refreshed. All right, now here, here, here it is. I often note and have talked with many of you 
um, about our shared belief that our world is increasingly more interconnected and interdependent. That is especially true when it comes to the climate crisis, which is why we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action. I don't think she said work together enough. Oh, God, did Alan die? Ah, there we are. Everything's fine. <laughs> I don't think she said work together enough. It's the working together part that's really the best. Yeah. I know I like working together. <laughs> We will work together and we'll continue to work together to address these issues, to tackle these challenges, and to work together as we continue to work. What? Because it's in the working together. That's that's really the best part. <laughs> I I don't That is a thirty eight second clip in which nothing was said. Yeah. It's so strange. These people on their their ability to just say nonsense but fill up all sorts of time but this is the thing this is what's unique it used to be you know obviously you know i i i've been critiquing democrats for a long time and it used to be that you would you would take what they said and then you'd have to show that it was bullshit and why it was and then kind of like show your work on it and all this other stuff now there, it, it's like a. It has to be a program. It has to be a a in, an intentional thing, because there's no way that somebody goes in there and gets prepped for. But you have to understand, politics is not. It, it, it's not knee jerk. That's not a thing that happens. It's very, very, very rare. Do you ever? Certainly not in this sit, setting. Is there ever a politician that doesn't? That goes in front of a, a group or in front of cameras that doesn't have prepared statements. And so this mm. is what they had. So either she's incapable, 100%, of being prepared properly to go in front of the public, which you would like to think that the vice president could be. Uh, somebody who's been in politics for a while. She's not new. She was a United States senator. She was an attorney general for the state of California. This is not someone new to politics. And especially in a large state like California, it's a very different situation. When you're in front, I mean, California makes up a reasonable amount of the United States population. So just, this isn't, you know, she's not brand new at this. What the hell just happened? Because Joe Biden being a bumbling idiot and saying a bunch of nonsense Makes sense because we talk about his mental health issues. We talk about the fact that it really does appear that he has mental issues, that there is something wrong with him. Kamala Harris is not the same. There's no evidence that she has problems. So is it is is there literally a tactic right now that the White House is like, if we all sound kind of dumb, we make Joe sound better. I think this is revealing how many Democrat politicians have gotten into their positions with absolutely no merit whatsoever, but because they're people that are willing to do what they're told by someone else. Ooh. 
Okay. I think that's really it. And now they're in, now they're in the big time, and they're in front of a camera way more than they really have ever been in their whole career. And I think the people around them are arrogant and no longer feel the need to be as careful about controlling their puppet politician. And so we get clips like this. But I don't think Kamala Harris, or Joe Biden for that matter, have ever been independent, well-run campaigns or actors. They're always just the puppet and mouthpiece for somebody else. Hmm. I, mean, it's, I mean, like Barack Obama. Do you think some no-name senator from Illinois just happens to become president without a massive push behind the scenes to select him, groom him, and make him into that person? No. Like, most of the things that happened under the Obama administration were clearly not his idea. And I think that goes for a lot of Democrats. Is there... I mean, look at Beto O'Rourke, for example. There's nothing genuine about that guy. He's essentially an entire... He's a, basically just a fiction that was crafted in some boardroom and put before the American people. Oh, but come None on. None of those people are genuine. And, they're, and I think when they get into these situations, when they get in front of cameras, if it's not a very tightly controlled situation, you end up with clips like this that are embarrassing and weird. You know, it's funny you bring that up. Well, you bring up Beto, which... So are you suggesting to me that he's not really a skateboarder and his name's not actually Beto? I would almost go so further and say his name is probably not even O'Rourke. <laughs> his name's like Tom Jones. Yeah, it's like Douglas Jefferson. Like, something. <laughs> uh, like if you're going to do that with the first name, I mean, you're sure going to do it with the second. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, but like who would want to be Irish? That's like super white. I, I'm sure it pulled well. <clears throat> no, he went with Beto because he wanted to sound Hispanic. Right, and they probably went with O'Rourke to sound endearing and Irish. <laughs> He's like, I'm from two oppressed classes. Yeah. I, uh, I forgot his real name. I'm going to look it up real quick. Uh, oh, it's Francis. <laughs> That's right. It's yeah, Ro- right. Robert Francis O'Rourke. <laughs> yeah, no, Beto's, Beto's better. You're t- Robert Francis. You could go yeah. by Bob if you're from the Midwest. There's only ever Bobs in the Midwest. No, but so one of the things that you're you're hitting on though that is really interesting is actually to be completely honest is this is because uh the the uh, Democrat party has made identity a far greater qualification than anything else. You know, you you, br- you brought up Barack Obama. Well, the whole reason for Barack Obama was first black president it had nothing to do with his merits whatsoever. He was a, nobody knew anything about him. He was a state senator, spent a couple years as a as a uh, he was a state senator. Then he spent a couple years as a United States senator. And then all of a sudden he's the president of the United States. No, it was because they went first black president. That's that's it. Just wash your hands of it. Kamala Harris. Same thing. First female vice president. Done. That's it. That's it. That was the only qualification. It's the same thing that you saw with uh, Kentonji Brown Jackson. First black female uh, Supreme Court justice. Because she couldn't be the first female. Because that was Sandra Day O'Connor under Ronald Reagan. Couldn't be first black. Because that was Clarence Thomas. Yep. So you, you you don't get those. 
Uh, so I had to be the first black female. So Kentanji Brown Jenkins. And they, by the way, they said that part out loud. So for anybody who wants to come at me and say, now she was picked because she was the bestest. No, she wasn't. They 100% said this is going to be a black female. So she might be the best, but she is only the best among black females because they said that that was the, that was 100% the qualifying criteria. They said that out loud, they being the White House. The White House and the President of the United States said that out loud, that the only candidates to be considered were black women. Weirdly, though, yeah. Joe Biden's also not a biologist. So, very confused. Because Kentaji Brown-Jackson herself said, you can only tell if somebody's a woman if you're a biologist. So, I don't know. Color me confused. Now... Mm-hmm. Speaking of identity politics, I'm going to shoehorn this into our new the new press secretary. Because Jen Psaki decided to stop being a liar for the White House and instead is going to go be a liar on MSNBC. Certainly not a conflict of interest that she accepted a job at MSNBC and then spent months still as the press secretary uh, for the president of the United States. Um, so she's going to go on and, and continue to basically be herself. Um, except this time she's officially going to be paid by the mainstream media as opposed to paying them, I guess. I don't know. Um, but there's a new press secretary and she starts next week. Um, her name is Corinne Jean-Pierre. Uh, for those of you who don't know, she's a black lesbian. Ew. Um, (laughs) so she's also claimed that the 2016 presidential election and the 2018 election for governor of Georgia were stolen. Yep. Which is a blatant, just a blatant lie designed to reduce confidence in electoral outcomes. I mean, this is the, the press secretary of the white house now starting Monday on December 17th, 2016, Uh, tweeted out stolen emails stolen drones stolen elections welcome to the world of unprecedented trump what yeah what does that mean where where trump is no longer well of course he's no longer president no this is 2016 oh oh 2016 i see still weird yeah now uh she also tweeted out uh, April 2nd, 2020 reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams in 2020. She said that April 2nd, 2020. I understand. Yeah. No, and again, it, that, it's just a lie designed to manipulate procedural to influence outcomes. And here's uh, March 15, 2020. This is what the same woman who is now going to be the press secretary. This is what she had to say about, the media, specifically Fox News. ...was racist before coronavirus. They are racist during the coronavirus. Fox News will be racist after the coronavirus. So there is nothing new here. I think the difference is, is they have been, they are all in on being state TV for Donald Trump. So it was really quiet and I apologize, but yep, Fox News was racist before corona. They're racist after corona. They're going to continue to be racist. They're state media for Donald Trump. Well, it certainly does not bode well that this person would be selected by a 
by the presidential administration to be the press secretary. Right. I, I feel there is a high likelihood that they are not going to be fair and unbiased in how they present themselves. Well, there's certainly that, but perhaps this was a introduction and perhaps we got an introduction um, into what it's going to be like under this new press secretary, which by the way, uh, we're going to have to spend at least the next uh, two months, let's say, uh, for the left to consistently call everybody bigoted and racist and sexist uh, anytime they call her out for lying because she's going to lie. And so, but everyone's going to say that it's because she's gay or because she's black or because she's a woman, not because she's lying, because it will be because she's lying, but it's going to be for all these other identity reasons, which is why they select these people. But perhaps yeah. it, it, perhaps we got basically a sneak peek, uh, what it's going to be like now, uh, because of course there's, you know, a ministry of disinformation and all this other nonsense that's being started up. But the white house also tweeted out that, um, well, they put out a tweet claiming that there was no vaccine before Joe Biden was president, which is a very weird mm. thing to say when Joe Biden was fully vaccinated when he got sworn into office. And we can literally watch that on video. We we can find yeah. the tweets and the news stories about it. But he claimed, see, this is the whole thing is this is they they had to blatantly lie to the American people to try to claim any success under the um, Biden administration. But the, but the lie was so bad that even the water carriers at at uh, CNN had to question it. And hilariously, they had to question Dr. Fauci. But this is an exchange with Jake Tapper and Dr. Fauci about that tweet. Amazingly, this White House tweet is still up. Uh, they tweeted it yesterday. It says, quote, when President Biden took office, millions were unemployed and there was no vaccine available. And it goes on from there. But as you know, that's not true. There was vaccine available. It might not have been widely available, but it was available. CNN fact checker Daniel Dale points out more than three million Americans had been fully vaccinated. More than 18 million had at least one shot by inaugura inauguration day. I think President Biden, then President-elect Biden, had, had two shots by then. You're the president's chief medical advisor. Why is the White House politicizing the pandemic by tweeting out that there was no vaccine available until Joe Biden became president? It's not true. You know, Jake, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't explain every tweet that comes out. Uh, so you're talking to the wrong person. I wasn't involved in the tweet. I, I just can't explain it. Uh, sorry. But, but you, I know you can't explain it, but certainly you would agree that it's important to have facts uh, when it comes to assertions being made about the vaccine, whether it's from the Trump White House or the or the Biden White House. And certainly you would agree that there was vaccine available before Joe Biden became president. Yeah, of course. I mean, he got vaccinated and others got vaccinated. So, I mean, I think from a pure accuracy, that's not a correct statement. But, I mean, you know, it just went out. I'm sorry. There's nothing I could do about that, Jake. Well, there you go. I mean, they're laughing. Well, I mean, he, he's laughing about it. He seems to think. <laughs> but that's good. It's, it's great to see these people at least occasionally cornered 
with their nonsense. The fact that he had to go, oh, geez, I don't know. Um, uh, anything but my serve a bunch of liars. I don't know. I just, let's not talk about this anymore. Make me look bad. I, I mean, it's rather hilarious. But it's, this is... I mean, I guess I know it's like hard to know what do you what do you expect? What do you really expect from a lot of these people? Like, when cornered, you expect them to go, "Oh, you're right. My side's full of liars who lie all the time." <laughs> right. Well, that's. But it is at least satisfying to watch them squirm. For those who want to know why I started laughing early, it's because uh, basically I knew exactly what was about to happen, and it was Alan basically warning me of. You're aware that I'm about to do a Mort Goldman impression as Doctor Fauci. <laughs> I just, yeah. uh, I, I, oh, gee, I don't, I don't know. It, but then he's like, he's giggling about it, right? This is also the, you know, the, you know, the Anthony Fauci who was going to sit there and say, like, I'm the science, and you can't question me, and it's ridiculous. All this disinformation. Oh, burr, 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 burr. Yeah. Well, he no, thinks listen, the reason. There is so much concern about disinformation is because there is such a long track record of people, Dr. Fauci included, and surrounding him in all throughout government and the media that are telling us lies exactly like he just got caught in here. Yeah. And that is never even on the table as part of the discussions about this. It's always, oh, misinformation and disinformation, blah, blah, blah. Not how do, why do, it's almost like they know. They know that they're going to, the plan is to lie to people. And so the point is, how do we avoid discussing, how do, how can we continue to lie to people and prevent those lies from being exposed? Well, and it, it makes it even worse that he, he's laughing about it. Yeah. He thinks it's, he thinks it's funny. Right. Because he's party to all of this. Of course he does. Yeah. I mean, he thinks it's great. So, well, you know, and, and of course, under, under the, um, under the guys or not guys, I'm sorry, uh, but looming with the looming shooting that went on and everybody talking about violence, all of a sudden we have to be worried about, you know, political violence and all these other things. We're now suddenly concerned about it. Um, I, I should probably remind you. Uh, that uh, several uh, pro-life centers uh, have been attacked since the leak of the draft opinion uh, for a Supreme Court decision, uh, which, by the way, uh, the Supreme Court is now going to be releasing their decisions on Monday. So buckle up, because I don't know what's going to happen. I mean... Well, we, we can get into some supposition in a second, but let me me just play a, a message content here and there's a uh there's a uh discretion advisement uh advisory on this this comes from human events but this is a tape of death threats that were sent to a wisconsin pro-life center that was firebombed this week so uh here's the audio from that uh this is thanks uh, this comes to us from human events hi i'm calling because i read about the fire in your building and i'm calling because i'm curious if it was arson or rather the good Lord showing you an example of hell and where you belong for being such a misogynistic Thanks for uh, basically going out there daily and making sure that women can't have control over their own bodies. And I'm so thankful that the good Lord 
finally took action on people like you. You're going to burn it. Huh. Well, uh, nothing has made me more pro-life than pro-choice activists being vile. If anything, I care almost as much about the issue as I do just wanting them to lose and be upset. It's, you know, you know, the worst part is, is, is that trying to think of a good way to say this. These people are upset about things that aren't real. Explain. It's just, it's such a, it's such a dumb and detached argument. This is what you get for not letting women choose about their baddies. Shut up. Oh my God, shut up. Like, is the only right that matters to women is whether or not they can have an abortion? Is that the only female right that exists? Literally all rights flow down from your ability to kill a baby. It's so, it's, it's, I under, like, I can understand people being concerned when it comes to the abortion discussion we've we've already talked about this we've talked you know somewhat at length about the idea that like there are the you know fear is used to drive the abortion debate the idea of the responsibilities and all, all of this other stuff like, I, I get it i understand it the dumbest argument is if i can't get an abortion then i'm literally a slave yeah, my rights. Oh no! And it—it's just this idea that the only rights that matter to women is whether or not they can have an abortion. Otherwise, if if I if I can't kill a baby, then I might as well just be shackled to a bed. Come on, like it's just so dumb. It's so it's like, dumb. Like, it's like every other argument. It's not a nonsense argument, and they know it's a nonsense argument, and they still do it. It's it's the same as racism. It's the same with all of these things. They hyperventilate. They get all upset, and the vast majority majority of it is simply performative BS. Well, and um, that's what what bothers me, or as well, is. It's just it's, the the I don't even think that there's that many abortions to where you could sit there and even say like the majority of women don't get them. Right. The majority of women don't get abortions. The majority of pro choice advocates advocates don't get abortions. Yeah. Not like, that many women compared to comparatively do. Not that many women need it. I think if anyone is being uh, honest about their upset that abortion goes away. It's simply a lot of women who might not get an abortion, but always want to have the assurance that they have an undue button for bad decisions. Right. Because everybody would, everybody wants that. I wish I had that. If I had a button that it could reverse time 30 seconds and go, boop, oh, hey, guess what? That dumb mistake thing I'd mistake I made, it's gone. It's gone. Right. It's gone. I would want that. Everybody wants that. And I think that's why people, women, I think, look at it like that. As if I ever make a mistake, I have an undue button for a bad decision. And, I, and I'm and i going to cling to that as long as I live. And I think 
that's why where the right talks past the left is the left doesn't want to admit that that, that it's simply about that. Right. The majority of women that are pro-abortion simply are, I'm scared of letting go of my undo button for bad decisions I make. That, right. that I might not even be making, but that I'm scared I might make, that I, I just, I think a lot of people are anxious and nervous, and I mean, there's a whole litany of reasons for these things, but it's just the amount of violence that is going to be directed against good people by people on the left when abortion go finally mercifully goes away is only going to serve the point that these people didn't de- these people don't behave in a way that they deserve that kind that right so there's only statistics from 37 states and okay. for 2019 37 states 482,338 abortions now that's obvious that, like it's a lot, you know, when, when you talk to somebody, you know, when there's somebody that's you know, pro-life and all that, I, I totally understand. It's almost a half a million. I get it. By comparison to how many people we have in this country, that is not that many. That is not right. that many. Right. Um, there, which means, and to be, if we acted like every single one of those was the first and only that a woman received, which is not true, but let's just say it is, that is a alarmingly small percentage of women. Yeah. So just understand, and I just want to take that and take what, you know, that, that message that you heard from a woman who's just, maybe it was the fires of hell sent by the good Lord. It's like, to be honest, in in 2019, if abortion was illegal, there's 482,000 women or whatever that number was, you know, uh, let's say five, about 500,000 women would have had uh, their rights taken. In, in a sense, would have had a yeah. thing that they couldn't do. And notice how she she invokes Christian motifs in her little message about hell and the good Lord. She's simply doing that because she's been told the only people that stand against abortions are, are these mean, crisp, misogynist Christians. Mm-hmm. And she was just doing it. To, I mean, she wasn't. She was just gloating about this simply to be mean and cruel. Yeah. And trying to twist their own beliefs against them. It's it, They're gross people, and I hope they lose. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really hard when you look at the juxtaposition of, well, this one group doesn't like the idea that, you know, or let me, let me rephrase. This one group believes that life begins at conception and they view abortion as murder. Uh, this other group just hates these people and wants them dead. Yeah. So I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's 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 difficult because I, I know people I know people that are conservative that are pro-choice. Like, I know them. I mean, it's not obviously we we don't have those discussions um, because these are people that are my friends. And like, I get it. Like, it's just it's one of those things. And Alan's aptly put it out there for years on this program, which is you're having two different debates. One person is debating whether or not it's OK to murder a baby Another, another, um, another person is debating whether or not women have rights. That seems to be, you know, how, how this breaks down and it's absolute idiocy. One of those makes sense to the ideology of a person. One of those makes sense. It's, it's pretty easy to say 
I believe that that's a human life and you are killing it. You are extinguishing it. Somebody else going, I think that you're taking my rights away. It's like, but that's not true. Women's rights aren't aren't entirely defined by whether or not they can have an abortion. If that were true, uh, then all of, or not all of, but most of Europe would be considered uh, awful to women because they have more restrictive abortion laws than the United States. Yeah, and also it's just a right you should, even if it's a current, even if it's currently right, it's a right you shouldn't have. It's a right you shouldn't have, and we shouldn't have to support it as a society. Yeah, I just, I, I don't want the government involved in deciding when something as valuable as life. That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. How the hell did you idiots let this end? No, but point is, there's a ton of, the, the, the real whole reason for bringing all of this up is there's a ton of, of political violence that's already been occurring. Nobody's talked about it. Nobody cares about it. Well, I, mean, I don't want to say nobody, but you guys understand what I mean. Um, what is interesting, and I think that this could be kind of a, a fun discussion point and debate because uh, people might not like this, but uh, the big thing being that the Supreme Court justice justices having protesters outside their house, which is a violation of federal law. But... Right. Now, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of people that got upset at Governor Glenn Youngkin here in Virginia because they were like, hey, dude, they're breaking uh, federal law. What are you going to do? And basically, not a lot came out of it. It was, oh, we're looking into the situation, and I've contacted the attorney general. Um, This is interesting. Now, I've always said, and people who have been listening to the program long enough know, that my big claim about Glenn Youngkin is he's got some good policies. I'm obviously happy that he's governor um, over Terry McAuliffe, but I always kind of saw him as being sort of a squished Republican. So don't misunderstand what I'm about to go into. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he was basically just one of your weak need standard kind of boilerplate conservatives. Bleh. I don't see him as a fighter. He's not like a Ron DeSantis or anything like that. But I will say, I think Glenn Youngkin was smart. And this is the opposite of what the opposite position most people took. I believe he was being very smart by not doing anything about the protesters outside the Supreme Court. Okay. There's a philosophy, which is do not interfere with your enemy when they are harming themselves. Nobody yeah. is excited about protesters being outside the court. Or being, sorry, not being outside the court, but being outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, harassing them. Nobody is excited to see firebombs being thrown at, by the way, when they say pro-life centers, I want you guys to understand that that's everything from like groups that help adopt children to like family planning that isn't murdering babies. That's like, that that all fits under pro-life. Anyway, point is, if Glenn Youngkin sent, say, the National Guard or who the hell ever to go guard the homes of the Supreme Court justices that lived in Virginia, the news stories would then be about Glenn Youngkin sending the National Guard to right. beat up protesters or whatever, however you want to talk about them twisting it. But that would have been the news story. Instead, the story has to be protesters outside judges' homes. Right. So I, I hate to say it, like you have to take a second 
Now, this isn't every time. I'm not saying that Republicans are smart, strategic, 40 chess. I'm not saying that. It's just this was smart. Don't do that. Because the media, the media is never going to take your side. The media is never going to be honest. So when the media is going to be dishonest and the media is going to do everything that they can to make this about evil, mean Republicans, don't give them an excuse to talk about that more. Sometimes we have to let the left try to justify what inevitably is going to be violent. On Monday, when the Supreme Court releases its decision, as long as Supreme Court justices don't become complete letdowns, which I'm not holding out hope because they've regularly been letdowns, and the decision holds, there are going to be riots. And that's a good thing. Right. And it's a good thing because the entire left, the, the Democrat voting Americans, the average left winger supports all this stuff, believes all this stuff because it gives them a veneer of morality. I feel good because I'm standing up for people's rights. We're the good guy team. We're the plucky resistance against evil. That's the mental mindset they've been psyoped into by Hollywood, the media, etc. They want people to think I'm sticking up for the plucky underdog against the big bad evil forces that are trying to drag us into barbarism. And what the biggest win we can have against that is for it to be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are that that is all a lie. Because if that's all a lie, then the average Democrat voting American, it's not if it's revealed to them that that's a lie, then they're going to be less susceptible to supporting the same emotional rhetoric. Like if, if they keep people keep telling them, oh yeah, it's so good what we're doing. We're such a good guys. It's like, didn't you burn down the home of a Supreme Court justice? Like, weren't a bunch of Antifa guys arrested for, you know, beating up beating up a Supreme Court justice in his home? Like, well, yeah, but we're still the good guys. And it's things like this that destroy their ability to have moral authority, and that it's is a win. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, it's another summer of love. It's become so repetitive. Oh yeah. It, the, the Black Lives Matter riots of twenty twenty, which caused billions in property damage and took dozens of lives, that was a as sad as it is to be to be to sad as it is. It was a great moment because it the mask dropped and normal people were suddenly forced to confront the outgrowth of Democrat policies. Yeah. Democrat policies and Democrat ideas, they suddenly had to deal with the realities that those things brought in the streets out front of their homes. More people bought guns and ammo because of those riots. And now when, the, when after this latest shooting, they try and take away all those people's guns, even if they are left-leaning Democrats, at least some of them are going to go... I don't care if a guy shot up a supermarket. I saw the Black Lives Matter riots. You're, I'm, you're not going to take my guns. Or it's at least muddying the waters enough, and that's a win. Well, and that's the other thing too. Is like you know, part of the reason for the conspiracy theories about the shooting is, you know, the Supreme Court announced that they're going to release one or more decisions on Monday. We don't know what they are. Obviously, the assumption being that it would be the Roe v. Wade decision because, duh. Uh, because it's already been leaked, and that's the only appropriate road that can be taken by the Supreme Court. 
But do you know there are a lot of people that are saying how convenient that the news is going to talk all all about this shooting and then suddenly shift gears and be like we need gun control uh because what they don't want is a bunch of deranged leftists burning cities down because the media lied to them and said all of their rights are going to be taken away right but that's going to happen that's going to it's too late it's too late you're you're too late it's yep. not it's not like all of these people are going to suddenly be like, well, I guess I'm not going to riot even though I'm told that I'm going to basically become a rape cow. Yeah, but they know that that's not true. Well, that is that's the thing. That is they, the, thing. the average Democrat activist knows that that's a lie that they are self-inflating. And again, I, I think that at what we're what we constantly see is that it is difficult that they are increasingly alienating their own base. And so if, they, if people know that it's a lie, they're going to be that much less excited to get out and, and do that because they'll, it, it, it makes it so you can't feel virtuous. If your enemy knows that you're lying and they rub your face in it, it makes it hard to, to maintain that, to lie to yourself about the veneer of credibility that you have. So I, I don't know. I don't know where that, if that's going to happen or how it's going to end up, but I still think that you might get their activists try to riot, but normal people, I think, are increasingly less likely to show up in numbers like we saw for the Pussy Hat March. Ah, the Pussy Hat March. You mean the riots that happened during the inauguration? I do. Uh, yes. That was not called a threat to democracy. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> Speaking of, um, the federal government decided that it was going to totally put through a uh, put. Sorry, it was going to totally put through a law that was going to federally, basically, I don't know, mandate abortion. Um, and it didn't go through. It didn't make it through uh, the Senate at all. Um, they, they, it Good. was, it was called the. What was the name of this thing? Uh, give me a second. It's like the Women's Health Act or some nonsense. Um, ah, the Women's Health Protection Act of 2022. They can't even. That's that's the other. That's the other part. Why can't you just call it abortion? Think about it, this. Again, it, 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 it always has to be women's health, women's rights, the health. It's like the health of. That that's how that's how you know they're lying. That's how you know they're lying is why can't you just just say the word? In fact, there was a memorandum that went out to several different places that got leaked out um, that was like, you need to change your language. Um, you can't uh, you, you have to call it health care, access to health care, not choice. Uh, you can't. You know, obviously, you can't call it abortion. It has to be women's health care. Like, they're lying to you. I don't understand if this is such a fundamental right. Why can't you just call it abortion? Why can't you just say the words? Right. And, well, it, and I think that's a good, that is another good example of them being on the back foot. Well, and, uh, well, here's, here's another. I think the vast majority, the, the, I think, I don't know if it's a majority of Americans, but it's a very sizable chunk of Americans. When polled go, I don't really care about abortion. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think that that's part of the problem too, is I think what we're seeing because of the talk about the language change and all this other stuff the Democrats know that the polls about abortion are false and they're tilted. 
Because you wouldn't act. They claim 70% of people support abortion. Then you would literally use the word. If that was true, you would use the word. If that were true, you wouldn't have waited until this Roe v. Wade decision to pass a law. Who the hell... Who the hell's afraid of passing a law that has 70% of support from America? 70% of Americans don't agree on shit. <laughs> right. Like, why did you wait? Oh, because it's not popular. You've had a Democrat House. You've had a Democrat Senate. You have a Democrat president. I don't understand. There's a reason why you've never tried to pass this. Because you've been lying the entire time about its support. You've been lying. Everybody has been lied to that this is widely supported. Because if it were, you would absolutely see so many. Uh, well, the government would have at, would have mandated it by now. It, there wouldn't be any question. This wouldn't have been fought in the courts because the United States Congress would have overwhelmingly passed this. Yeah. So you know it's a lie. We're a representative republic, everybody. If it's 70% support then people would absolutely be behind this. And they're not, which is how you know that it has to be bullshit. But here's how here's how Elizabeth Warren reacted when they tried to put it through the Senate and it failed. Now, remember that I just said that there's a Democrat-controlled Senate. It's 49-49. So, but here's what she had to say. I believe in democracy. And I don't believe that the minority should have the ability to block things that the majority want to do. That's not the Constitution. What we're talking about right now are the individual rights and liberties of half the population of the United States of America. I think that's enough to say it's time to get rid of the filibuster. We need to protect voting rights. We need to protect women's rights. And understand this. Mitch McConnell has made clear they're coming after everybody. So we need to do this, get it on the board. So that's Elizabeth Warren saying that, you know, first of all, I I don't believe the minority should have the ability to block things the majority wants to do. Um, The Senate vote was 51 to 49. Hmm. That's a majority. A majority of senators... (laughs) Um, a a majority of senators blocked this now what she's talking about with the filibuster for those of you who don't know and don't aren't aren't a dork um there needs to be 60 60 votes in the senate that's what that's what she's talking about when it comes to the filibuster is that there has to be 60 votes in the senate and elizabeth warren says we have to get rid of the filibuster you know what i think I think think that they should. I think that they should get rid of the filibuster the day before the midterms. Hmm. Then we won't have a filibuster in a Republican-controlled Senate and probably a Republican-controlled House. I think that's a great idea. Simple majority, all laws. Then the House writes a bunch of laws. The Senate passes all of those Republican laws. Um, the pre- the president tries to veto it, and then a simple majority just overrides the veto. <laughs> I don't know if I don't think the filibuster blocks have overrided the veto. I still think it has to be two thirds. But play the game with me a little bit, folks. Sure. But but do that. 
do that. Get rid of the filibuster. We'll have a Republican-controlled House, a Republican-controlled Senate. Then we'll get a Republican president in 2024. And then they'll just bowl through everything, pass everything they want. And then when the, when it looks like the Democrats might take control again, I say they vote on it and they pass a filibuster and they make it a constitutional amendment. Yeah. How about that? This is the dumbest line for you to take when you're about to lose your ass in the midterms. Do not get rid of the only protection you will have when you are obviously going to be the minority. Well, it shows that they are very committed (laughs) to giving their base something to vote for. You know why I think they want to get rid of the filibuster, honestly? Because it doesn't make any sense when you, when you look at everything, when you look at, well, anything, to be honest. When you look at everything, when you compile it, it does not look like the Democrats have a chance in hell coming up in the midterms. So why would they want the United States Senate to not have a filibuster where they are likely going to be in the minority? Do you know why I think that is? Why do you think that is? Because I think that the Senate, or there's something brewing, this is a conspiracy, but there's something obviously brewing where Elizabeth Warren and other Democrats seem to think that the United States Senate isn't going anywhere. And that is not, that can't be based on voting statistics, that can't be based on any internal polling. Everything looks terrible. So what that tells me is they're going to pull some shit. Yeah. (laughs) It would appear, the only reason why you might get rid of the filibuster when it looks like you're about to enter a bloodbath of an election season is, one, you don't think that you're going to go anywhere, meaning the Democrat majority doesn't think it's going to go anywhere, or two, um, they think that the United States Senate is going to make the decision on these elections. And would that would that surprise you? Would it honestly surprise you if the Democrats get completely slaughtered and the next thing you know, all of a sudden election integrity is a uh, big issue and they've really got to look into it? Well, you know, we're at war with Ukraine, so Russia would absolutely hack the election. We should probably just put this up to a simple Senate majority vote on who actually won. Honestly, I feel like that if that might be their plan. It has to be, I mean, right? We know there was all of the nonsense about in the 2020 election. I feel like it would almost be ridiculous to assume they're not going to try try the same bag of tricks for and every single election from here on out. Yeah. So, is, is there going to be a midterm variant? Is that is that why the White House is talking about COVID yeah, again? Yeah, there could be a midterm variant. There could be. I mean, they have their whole new uh, the disinformation commission yeah and that's gonna be well you know we need to shut suddenly it's it's we're a few weeks out from the election we need to shut down all of these social media accounts and we need to do all these things to prevent disinformation and the russians all the russians hacking the election we need to stop that it's like they've set themselves up very well to at least continue to try that sort of thing and let's all be fair here (laughs) we're all friends here Everyone would know it's bullshit. That's the worst part. The well, worst, worst part is mm-hmm. that Republican congressmen and senators that should be taking should be foreseeing this and taking steps right now to ensure that it stops. That's they're voting forty billion for Ukraine right now. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 too busy sending billions to Ukraine. 
except for except for the fifty seven members in the House. I don't know if the um, did the vote go up in the Senate. I don't know either. I, I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. It probably did. I'm, I'm just going to assume it happened. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the um, or did they need to? Uh, there were 57 Republicans who voted against uh, the money that was going to go to Ukraine. Oh, no, it was that. Now I remember um, there was somebody who blocked its passage, at least at first, and that was Rand Paul. Oh, he wanted to add, he wanted to add an amendment that just a simple amendment that said that this money would require an inspector general to ensure that it was properly spent. Can't have that. Oh, yeah, right? Like they're they're pissed. It's insane. It is it is the simplest It's funny cuz he's like not even saying no. But let's be fair to Rand Paul. He does want to say no. I think that this is also, once again, this is another hilarious thing. Is They're super pissed off because all he's saying is there needs to be a special counsel to ensure that this money is appropriately spent. And everyone's like, oh, that's, oh, why do you hate Ukraine? Are you shitting me right now? You're upset because a senator said, well, Let's just make sure this money gets spent right. And you're acting like you got slapped in the face. Well, that proves to me that you're obviously laundering this money. Oh, most certainly. But if you, didn't, if, if you only suspected it was for money laundering before, <laughs> the fact that people would balk at any, in, any, in, any attempt to ensure that it was well spent, it's like, yeah, no, you definitely, definitely were going to be using this to funnel that, to essentially launder taxpayer dollars into the into your own hands (laughs) but do you know what else that tells me what does it tell you we don't already have that (laughs) yeah all of this money was being given to ukraine already we've given them billions of dollars and billions of dollars in just money and weaponry and we did not at the start of that set up a way to audit what we were giving them now for those for those saying that we did that we've just been that absolutely reckless with taxpayer dollars and our own military stockpiles now i will tell you for those of you that might still be a little bit concerned about ukraine obviously i will say the fighting isn't that bad so they don't need the money that bad and let me explain um because if it was truly terrible like we're being told in the media I highly doubt that you too would have shown up to perform a concert, but that happened. Yeah, you too. It obviously also can't be that bad because shocking in a shocking twist that totally doesn't call into question everything. A Ukrainian uh, music group won Eurovision. It's weird how these things line up, right? Isn't it always weird when some group happens to win an award and they happen to come from a country that's being talked about recently in the news? It's so strange how this happens. It must all be coincidence, and there's totally not, obviously, a sign that this stuff is bullshit. Um, Just any, any unbiased look at the conflict, you just go, well, Ukraine is going to lose. The Ukrainian yeah. army has been decimated. If they need this much military equipment, it means their existing stockpiles of military equipment, which were substantial, the Red Army units stationed in Ukraine that became the Ukrainian army, were some of the primary units designed to 
resist a NATO invasion of the USSR during the Soviet Union. So the stockpile of military equipment in Ukraine, when it became Ukraine, which got transferred to the new newly independent Ukrainian government, left it one of the most military militarily capable successor states of the Soviet Union behind Russia itself. Where did all of that military equipment go? It was, well, I'll tell you, it was destroyed by the Russians. The Russian, early Russian advance with mass artillery and airstrikes obliterated the, the firepower of the conventional Ukrainian army, and they have been fighting a back-footed, essentially in, almost counterinsurgency ever since. Um, they are... They are able. They are defending their land, but they are not able to make any substantial offensive action against the Russians thus far. The retaking of Kiev was entirely because the Russians pulled back pulled back troops out of Kiev, and have now repositioned them in southern Ukraine and are currently amassing, basically consolidating gains all around the Donbass region. You, there's not going to be enough young Ukrainian men left to man any of the equipment we're giving them. Um, Ukraine inevitably loses in this fight. The entire goal of sending all this aid is to, is to try to kill as many Russians as we possibly can at the expense of all the Ukrainian lives. When right now the goal should be to force an end to the conflict through diplomatic means, and we're still not there yet. And But when's the last time you heard anyone in the West, any politician, talking about we need to get we're, we need to get Ukraine and Russia at the bargaining table and redraw the borders to Ukraine, whatever you have to do to end the conflict, because that's the only way this ends. The further they push the conflict, the more reserves of Russian equipment get drawn up that they can replace. I mean, it's like, I know, Russia, the country famous for not being able to be ground down by attrition, we're suddenly going to grind down by attrition in just Ukraine. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense other than they're desperately trying to hold Ukraine because that's where all their dirty secrets have been being laundered for the last 20 years. Well, first of all, I want you to know that I'm horrified by your probably racism, likely racism. likely anti-Semitism. Um, assuredly. And, <laughs> and um, your blatant Russian propaganda lies. Um, sure, it, it's just, um, horrified. Uh, I'm upset, literally shaking actually. Um, and, uh, I'm going to need, uh, therapy, uh, because of what I just heard. Um, I'm going to be referring to referring you to the disinformation advisory council or whatever the hell it's called. Oh no. Disinformation governance board. Um, over the horrifying things you said, because they have not only the ghost of Kiev there, uh, they also have the Snake Island Zombie Brigade um, oh. that are going to obviously fight. Um, and I don't know why you would suggest that Ukraine doesn't have a chance when obviously uh, they're winning with the help of the Avengers, um, because everything I see says that they're winning. Um, idiot. Uh, have you not looked at the news or Facebook lately? Dummy dumb. Um, and I swear to God, if you ever suggest that we will not fight to the last Ukrainian to ensure that I can hashtag things and have a flag that I don't even understand on my profile, um, I'm going to slap you in the face. 
Oh, well, except the thing is, we're not really fighting the Russians. We're, we're just using the, we're just pushing nope. more young, young Ukrainian men in front of Russian guns. No, that's, that's us fighting the Russians. Oh, oh why that, do we need to, are we at war with the Russians? When, why do we need to fight the Russians? Um, what, cor- what exactly do the Russians have that we want, or what's the, has any, I mean, this is one of those things. You'd think right now we would be having a very, the president of the United States would be saying, this is why it is so important to stop the Russians. I'm sure a lot of our listeners remember the Cold War and remember the. And I, I certainly don't. I was, too, I was not old enough, but I would imagine during that whole time you had congressmen, senators, presidents making the, a strong case for this is why the Soviet Union needs to be opposed. This is why the tax dollars we're spending are, are worth it. This is why they matter. And no one is t- just talking about that about Russia other than, well, you know, Putin's a dictator. Well, okay, there's a lot of dictators. We're, a lot of dictators that we don't bother with. This dictator has nuclear weapons. We're we're Why? sending we're sending weapons to Ukraine because they need to fight Russia, so Ukraine can maintain its truest democracy, and so Zelensky can have the liberty to ban opposition political parties and media. Because that's what happens. Oh, okay. In true, or is it so that Ukraine can remain a center of child sex trafficking, illegal bio research, and money laundering? I don't American know what politicians. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. We've uh, of course you uh, would. Of course, <laughs> the disinformation board. So that no one's going to know what I'm talking about. I just I, uh, I I prefer to speak about it this way because it's so great that like a year ago, I. There were so many Republicans, they, they get sucked into the same nonsense, the dopamine hit that everybody gets from virtue signaling on the internet. I literally don't know how anybody that was a commentator on the right that constantly talked about how Ukraine was this absolutely corrupt, just mess of money yeah. laundering, and it, it legitimately is rated as one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And then they turn around and they're like, we should fight like hell. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? His son, the president of the United States' son, was given a position on an energy company in that country. How do you not see what you're supporting right now? Are you actually retarded? Well, in fact, it's everything. It's that Ukrainian donors were the biggest source of money for the Clinton Foundation. Yeah. The, the impeachment of Donald Trump was all about trying to ought, trying to was was all about him making deals with the Ukraine for all the money we were giving them back then. Mm-hmm. There's the Hunter Biden laptop story. It's like all of this centers around Ukraine in a very big way, which if you're paying attention should make you very curious about what is going on in Ukraine that is making so many American politicians economically t- economically or politically tied to the fates of Ukraine and how does that influence the current crisis because very clearly a lot of american politicians and the organizations they support the organizations they're connected to all have very weird ties to the ukraine and to corrupt wealthy oligarchs there there's all sorts of connections that nobody is explaining that are very strange and very weird, but seem like they have to go a long way to explaining the the ferocity that politicians on either side of the aisle are putting towards making sure Ukraine stays free of Russian influence. It's it's very, very 
very weird. Well, and they overthrew. So remember, Paul Manafort, one of the reasons or the reason why uh, the Democrats threw Paul Manafort in jail was because uh, he had worked on the uh, election campaign of the president who won in 2014 that then got overthrown with Western backing because he was, quote, pro-Russia. And so, I mean, we remember this because we've talked about this before, but think about that for a second. First of all, the FBI actually looked at looked at Paul Manafort's portfolio before and saw that he had no wrongdoing. Then Donald Trump got elected. Paul Manafort was Donald Trump's campaign uh, campaign advisor. And so they looked at him again and then suddenly they found a crime he'd been looked at before. I'm not joking. The Department of Justice looked into Paul Manafort in his dealings when he was in Ukraine, when he was supporting a presidential campaign and they found nothing to charge him with. But then suddenly when Donald Trump was president, they found something to charge him with for the exact same stuff. Um, So, duh, that was all politically driven. So they went after Paul Manafort. Um, and the guy that he got into office, I can't remember his name off because it, it sort of bleeds together because things get a little crazy in Ukraine. Um, they overthrew him. There was a coup. There was a legitimate coup. The people of Ukraine elected someone and then a bunch of non-government organizations and Western governments helped a coup. That overthrew the elected president of a country. And then that country descended into civil fucking war. Because people's votes were stolen. Yeah. Yeah. For the last, what would be eight years now? For the last eight years, the people, the Ukrainians, the brave, heroic Ukrainians, have been firing cluster munitions at civilians in the Donbass region. Yeah. They've been executing civilians at, in the Donbass region because they've been fighting a civil war ever since those people said you just had a coup you stripped us of political representation because all of the basically parliamentarians that we elected you kicked out of parliament along with the president we elected and they've been on their own mm-hmm. so I feel like which is why it's so disgusting how the United States is suddenly backing this regime that is illegitimate and has demonstrated itself to, to be so on so many occasions. Here, the, Zelensky, this oh, the good old guy, President Zelensky, he owns a, a multi-million dollar mansion in Florida. The guy was apparently made $100 million last year. Zelensky is a corrupt ex-Soviet oligarch who bought his way into power in the Ukraine by supporting a bunch of this nonsense to throw him into the limelight. And he's nothing more. So anytime, but he's been elevated by the American media into this disgusting caricature of, I don't know, Winston Churchill or some war leader, when really he's a corrupt post-Soviet oligarch. Mm -hmm. Not to mention all of the Ukrainians that are disappearing as the Ukrainian intelligence services, which again are in a post-Soviet state, are more akin to the KGB than anything else for fear of for the crime being oh they're Russian separatists when a lot of times they're just enemies of the regime Mm -hmm. opposition parties that were banned by Zelensky the the leaders of which some of them have been detained and jailed by the security services yeah opposition politicians 
and yeah. they're all yeah. using well they they could be a threat they could be a threat they could they could turn to russia exactly mm-hmm. and all of this is incredibly obvious everybody knows it everybody in power definitely knows it and so and they are choosing to ignore all of that in order to keep giving them money to try and stave off the russian army because ukraine is somehow highly valuable to american politicians and that should worry all of us yeah i mean they're willing to spend every last javelin missile in the u.s military's inventory every last dollar we have in the treasury in order for their dealings inside the ukraine to not be publicly known yeah well i I, and i'm I'm, to be to be fair that that's a hundred percent why they're why they're concerned that's a hundred percent why they're concerned about russia getting in there is oh god if russia gets in there we're screwed yeah. If Russia gets in there, they're going to see everything and that's going to be a problem. What is shocking about it is it's not just the American military, American government. It's all of these governments across Europe as well. And I have and I very much wonder if it was the playground of corruption for American politicians and elites, then it certainly was for all these for Amer- for European ones as well. I mean, Europe is much more closer to the conflict, much more tied in with it. And right now, Europeans are having to look at a very, have have a giant energy crisis because the supply of Russian fuel, Russian natural gas and gasoline is basically getting cut off. And it's, it's, it makes me wonder, okay, if it's going to hurt my own citizens, then I should maybe be a little more, then I should maybe try to find an end to this conflict as fast as possible rather than ensure that it becomes exacerbated. But they're taking the opposite approach. And that's real weird. It's almost as if the fates of the average citizen in the United States and Europe are somehow divorced from the fates of the elites, from the fates of the people that are in charge, because they are consistently taking actions that only serve to hurt and economically disadvantage their own their own voter base it's very strange now for those of you who who weren't weren't sure um or uh, just to clarify stuff it was victor yanukovych victor yanukovych was the president of ukraine he's the fourth president of ukraine um he was the one that the government elite went after paul manafort for because he helped him get elected he worked on his campaign um, and that's why they had to have him arrested. Uh, and then you had the orange revolution, which orange is a color. You get the joke there. It's a, it was a color revolution. Yeah. Um, so there was the orange revolution. Then he got elected president. And then there was another, which was like the Maidan protests. Right. So. Yeah. Just understand all of that some of the things that the left there that the left that the global community claimed on why they went after um why why they went after yanukovych was because he they claimed he attempted to ban opposition parties and they claimed that he censored the press two things that are absolutely happening right now in ukraine under Zelensky. yeah so i don't I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't know. It's ridiculous. And I'm upset that my tax dollars have to go to it. Yeah. 
but that's going to have to be it. Let us know what you guys think. Give me, give, give us an idea of what you, uh, uh, of what you think should be going on. Um, and of course go over and subscribe at subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio and catch us here next Sunday at noon, probably a normal time. I'm Aaron from the East coast. I'm out from the West coast. And this is wrong think radio. See you all next week.